Back to the show, guys. We are here with the one, the only, Lewis Howes. He's got a new book out called Mask of Masculinity. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. So, super excited to be doing this. Yes. And I know we've known each other for a couple of years now. And I remember we had a conversation. I think it was back in Vancouver. And we were driving and I was just catching up on what's mm-hmm. happening in life and you mentioned that you were coming up with a new book and i was so excited i was like okay so what's it going to be about <laughs> right. had this major success i think by then this is already a new york times bestseller yeah, yeah. so i'm like okay so there's going to be you know and this wasn't a business book necessarily yeah. so i was so curious to know where are you going to go next yeah, yeah. you know people are always asking what's next what's yeah. next what's next and then you said it's going to be about vulnerability yeah. Yeah, masculinity and my first reaction was like hmm okay mm-hmm. and i said that because you come off as just like three years ago or four years ago when we first met mm-hmm. and you just come off as this very confident very sure of himself like we said i mean you're hugging people when most men would be super uncomfortable with and i'm sure you have a lot of incurrences where like why are you hugging me? Right. You know yeah, yeah. But you're so comfortable with it and you're so loving and mm-hmm. so supportive and obviously you've got an athletic background. Right. So I'm curious to know, you could have written about any other book that's out there. You could have, you know, this was a general enough book that really opened you up to the gateways to write about anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know why, why a book, book about yeah. masculinity and vulnerability. I think, I think for me, I was going through a, ch- a challenging time emotionally, step one. And so everything that I do, the reason I interview the people I interview is because that's a lesson I want to learn for myself, whether it be about health, fitness, nutrition, business. I'm curious how they did it. So it's usually something I want to master within myself. I had just come off this you know, big success outwardly, hitting the New York Times list on this book, and I was thinking of like, what would be meaningful next? What would be a meaningful thing for me to discover and dive into, but also what would serve humanity at the highest level? Because I've always thought about like, yeah, I could do like an online marketing or entrepreneur book anytime, but it wasn't exciting enough to me. And I was like, there's tons of those books out there, but what's the book that, that people need to read that no one's writing? And what's the book that only I could write that would leave the biggest impact if I did that, if I said those things? And I was also like, you know, what's the thing that will elevate my brand to a different level so I'm not in a category with all these online marketers? So it's like I constantly try to think about that as well. And for me, a book about relationships or the relationship with yourself as a man was something that I thought that, one, no one would ever think I would do. And two, it's probably what's most needed in the world right now, specifically with uh, the political climate with our president and just the controversy of his leadership and what people are saying, you know, I'm not saying right or wrong anywhere. I'm just saying what people are so conflicted with his values, morals, his decision-making and they're questioning how do they want the men to, to be raised in, uh, you know, in this country or in the world. They're asking themselves the question, do we want our men to grow up a certain way or do we want them to grow up a different way mm. and why, and what does it look like? And then, How have men been conditioned over their entire childhood as boys to become this way? 
Why are they this way? I was just curious about all these things. Why did I become the way I am? Mm. Why was I so conditioned to be defensive, resentful, angry at different times in my life as opposed to more supportive and loving and uh, understanding in situations? Why would I want to fight all the time as opposed to have a conversation with someone? And I think it was a stage in my life where, again, I was going through a breakup. I was just, like, not really sure what I was doing. I was frustrated and I was more frustrated with myself that I hadn't mastered my inner world yet that I had that I was still reactive to things that I was still angry about stuff resentful and I hadn't fully let go of things this is after you hit the New York Times after I hit the New York Times bestseller list yeah one of the top podcasts in the world yeah yeah after this interesting and I I'd started doing some work on myself emotionally probably two years prior to the book where I started to let go of things from my past, you know, being sexually abused, you know, being bullied. I started to talk about these things and heal, but it still wasn't fully, I still wasn't fully healed yet. I still was like still reactive, not as much, but I just wanted to dive in deeper and say, how can I become a better man? What does that even mean? What does the definition of a modern man look like? How is it different from our parents? You know, I was just curious. So I wanted to interview the experts, the psychiatrists, the the experts who've been studying uh, boys and men's development, who the therapists, like all these individuals who just have the answers. So you didn't grow up like this. You're not, this was a journey. Like journey. You, you didn't yeah, yeah. grow up as like a job. Well, you were, but yes. you weren't <clears throat> as like, I guess the person that you are today, mm-hmm. there was a lot of ups and downs. So talk about, talk yeah. about a little bit about the journey and some of the experiences that you had. Cause I think most people listening, they're like, mm-hmm. this guy has like a top podcast, New York mm-hmm. times bestseller, yeah. multimillionaire. Super confident, very supportive, very yeah. warm, genuine. But this was a work in progress. It's been a journey, every man. Single day. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have friends for many years growing up because my brother was in prison when I was eight. So he went to prison for four and a half years. During that time, so from eight to 12, I was just picked on and bullied even more. My The neighborhood, I guess, parents would not let their kids hang out with me because I was, you know, the brother of a convict. And there wasn't, like, all these prisoners, you know, uh, in my neighborhood. It was, like, very rare that someone went to prison. It wasn't like I was in a really bad part of town. Um, So I was just looked down upon and didn't really have many friends. I was in special needs classes pretty much my whole schooling up until I graduated high school. I was in special needs classes because I couldn't read and write. I was just, like, couldn't comprehend information, and it was really hard for me to to pay attention. Um, so it just left me feeling very isolated, alone. Like pretty much every day after school, I was playing by myself, uh, just trying to find like friends to hang out with, feeling like uncertain about myself my entire childhood. It wasn't until high school when I started to train and condition to try to be the best athlete I could be where I was a part of teams. And I finally had friends because I was wanted now. I had a skill that I had mastered because every day I was just training like a machine to try to be a good athlete. So I could fit in. So there's a purpose. There's a purpose. And um, <clears throat> so it was a, you know, it was a challenging. Now, listen, I grew up in America. I'm, you know, I've been hearing this a lot lately, like you're white male privilege. So you have nothing to like complain about because you're a white man who's in America. And I'm like, we all have inner demons. doesn't matter if I'm white, black, Indian. I don't care. Like we all have inner demons we get to overcome. 
and I faced mine. You know, I was sexually abused when I was five. Brother was in prison for four years. Parents were constantly fighting and screaming and, and got divorced when I was young. Um, you know, my dad got in a major injury where he's still alive, but he's he was in a coma for months, and he's not really emotionally capable of being my father anymore. So I had to face on these inner demons my entire life and try to figure out how to survive personally. Um, being in the bottom of my class just made me feel very insecure and feel very unaccepted and feel like I didn't belong in this world. So I had many thoughts of like, why am I even here? And again, some people would say, well, you're a white man in America. You should have nothing to worry about. But we all go through something. And I was going through a lot, whether people thought it was something or not. For me, it was a lot. And so I was constantly just trying to fit in and be accepted and have friends. That was like all I really cared about was like, who can be my friend today, right? So I started to study humans. I started to just watch and observe. I was obsessed with understanding what made people think about, what made people tick, what made people do the things they were doing. And I started doing this in high school where I didn't speak much. I just listened. I would observe in groups. I would sit and watch people. You know, I would just constantly research human beings. That just came naturally just, for you? Well, I was just curious. Were you shy when you were young? Very, uh, I was outgoing in terms of like, because I would try to get attention. So mm. I would like try to do crazy stuff to get attention because I didn't have any friends. But when it came to like my peers, <clears throat> um, I, I never spoke up because I never felt like I was intelligent enough to say anything. I was, thought, I was always being made fun of when I did speak. So I was like, I'll just stand here. And Why were you being made fun of, though? Like, what because were you I was just like a stupid young kid that didn't like I could barely speak. I couldn't read and write. I didn't know anything. Like, I didn't know basic stuff. Just like, I don't know. Just if they're like, what's the answer to this? Tell me how to do this. Like, I didn't mm. know the answers to anything. Mm. So I think that's why I'm so curious to like know as much information as possible and get the in information from people and interview people. Because um, I'm just fascinated with why, why people are the way they are. And what makes them tick. And I'm also fascinated with uh, <clears throat> being able to get people to move into action towards something. Being able to say something, look at someone, take an action where someone else is enrolled. Mm. And they're like, I'm in. Like, I'll do it. Like, whatever it is you want to do. Like, whether I'm promoting something or asking them to invest in something or asking them to come to an event. Like, they'll just say yes. Where did that come from? Because you didn't get enough attention when you were young? I think it came from a need of... Um, <clears throat> learning how to make money, you know, because 10 years ago I was broke on my sister's couch. I didn't have any money. So I was like, how do I get people to pay me for something? And I realized early on, like the art of communication and enrollment was a skill that I needed. Like not selling, but enrolling. Like getting people behind your vision was a powerful thing. Because you didn't have that, I guess, when you were young. You were trying to get all this attention, but yeah. nobody was paying attention yeah, exactly. to you. exactly. And, and so I just started kind of like studying by different mentors who were teaching me everything. I was going to public speaking class every week. I was salsa dancing to learn, you know, the art of just like communication non-verbally um, and confidence and relationship building without using words. I was like, how can you enroll someone without having to speak? Like, and it. And the salsa club is a perfect example. I think you salsa dance too, right? Yeah, you, you, yeah, I'm getting there. Salsa dance, the salsa club is a perfect example because, one, most people don't speak English. And I'm like this tall white guy that like stands out in a sea of like Latin people mostly. And um, if I can get a Latin girl who doesn't speak English 
to dance with me without having to say anything to her. That's like a pretty big win, right? Mm-hmm. It's like in a Latin club. It's like because sure. usually they're like, "Who are they're, you?" Like, get away. They're very picky. Yeah, yeah, they're very picky. Whatever, white boy. White boy, let's go. Come on. And so it was like, okay, if I can get the best dancers in the world to want to dance with me through just my movement, looking at them, coming up to them with my approach. Like, what is the approach going to be, you know? And I was trying to be, like, humble and, like, you know, gracious. Or I was, like, trying to be, like, confident. I was, like, what works? What doesn't work? Like, what's going to make people want to be enrolled in my vision Mm. to do something? Dance with me, have a phone call with me, take a meeting with me, buy something from me, whatever. Date me, all these things. You know what? Life is an enrollment game. We're either enrolling others or they're enrolling us. Mm. And... I learned that process early on and I just started learning more and more. I was like, well, how can I do this without having to really work at all? How can I do this through like branding and design and messaging and, and copywriting and all these other things that I don't have to work as hard where people just come to me. Hmm. They see something and they just, they're just enrolled in a moment through perception, through branding, through positioning, through um, social proof, all these other things. So I think I've got off tangent here, but um, but why I started, why I wanted to do this book one is to because I felt like it was the biggest need in the world right now mm-hmm. that men are suffering, men are dying inside, they're hurt a lot of men, and they are having conflict in relationships with other men, with intimate partners, whether it be men or women, with their you know marriages. There's so much conflict between female and male roles i feel like more than ever right now Hmm. with um just roles changing and culture changing and workforce changing and home life changing and more men being stay-at-home dads and it's just like it's confusing i think for people it's changing so fast it's just like people are uncertain Hmm. and they're not sure how to navigate this and i don't have all the answers still i'm still figuring it out Hmm. but i think everything starts with looking within how can we be a better human being it's not even about being a better man. It's about how can we be better human beings and how can we learn to communicate uh, with everyone in our life as opposed to everyone needing to understand us. How can we come from a place of understanding each other person who is unique and different and has different wants and needs? So for me, it's um, it's been a journey and it's been amazing because what I realized is men wear a lot of different masks. Men put on these guards, these armors to protect ourselves. Where do you think that comes from? I think it comes from. I think it comes from, you know, early development, early childhood. When for me, I started wearing the athlete mask when I was picked last on a dodgeball team in third or fourth grade, and it was like so humiliating to be picked last over all the guys and then all the girls, Mm. and then I was picked. Mm. And I remember feeling like I'm never going to be picked last again. I'm going to be like the best athlete, and I'm going to be associated as like this great athlete. And no one is ever going to bully me because I'm going to, you know, beat them up on the sports field if they Mm. do type of thing. I'm going to show them they were wrong. And so in that moment, I put on this, like, athlete mask to defend myself. And that helped you feel accepted. Well, it it protected me. You know, it protected me from feeling the emotions. It protected me from feeling vulnerable. It protected me from feeling hurt. I was just like, I'm going to go train. And I'm going to associate myself as this elite athlete and become it Mm. so that no one can ever hurt me again. So I think we put on these masks so we're not getting hurt by people. The reason why we put on a mask, like a stoic mask, where we may not show emotion is because potentially we were 
made fun of when we cried as boys mm. or peers told us like don't be a little girl don't be you know don't show emotion don't cry that's like don't be like a little girl it's like you're made fun of you're you're excommunicated from different social groups growing up and you you know most of us just want to fit in we right. just want to feel accepted like we have a couple friends so whenever we feel insecure we go back to that mass for yeah, you it's, it's being an athlete because that's when you feel accepted yeah. so your brain kind of triggers okay i need safety this is yeah, uncomfortable or I'll, an athlete. or I'll get aggressive. I'll put on the aggression mask and mm. say like, if someone's gonna, if I feel like attacked in some way, it's like, no, I'm gonna come back with aggression because I don't want to feel vulnerable. So I'm gonna attack, and you can see that with some of our leadership. Some, mm. if someone ever feels attacked, what do they do? They like attack back. They get aggressive. It's like they're not gonna show their like weaknesses. And they're hiding something. Hiding something. Oh, well, it's vulnerable. It's mm. like, no, I'm gonna defend my manhood. Like you came at me and are trying to break down my credibility as a man. So I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to be an, wear the alpha mask. Mm. I'm going to do, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to be driven by more money to, to build as much wealth that I can to show that I'm a valuable man in the world. Or I'm going to conquer as many women as possible to feel like I have more self-worth because more women desire me. Mm. So there's these different sexual masks, material masks, alpha masks, whatever it may be, to feel like we're worthy as men and acceptable to a community. Hmm. That's one of the reasons why we do this. And it's to protect our, our, our manhood. You know, no one wants to feel like, no man wants to feel like they're not a man. Hmm. Masculation, right? It's yeah. the worst feeling. It's, no one wants to feel that. And so we put on these masks to, to prove that we are. Hmm. And what we're doing is hurting ourselves in the process and hurting relationships in the process without revealing who we truly are in a loving, vulnerable way. I'm not saying we need to cry and like all day long and be little puppy dogs all day, but I'm saying we can communicate our vulnerabilities in a, in a, in a confident, masculine way. You know, it doesn't have to be this cry fest every day or yeah. something like something what people think or something. Do you think most people can see through that or is the problem right now that people are hiding it so well because they've been trained throughout their childhood that we never really get to know the real you? You know... I think it's hard to really reveal the real you to everyone. Mm. And I'm not saying we need to, you know, but I'm saying at least for the, the relationships that matter the most to you, you're hurting those relationships if you don't reveal yourself, mm. in my opinion. Your closest friends, your intimate partners, your family, if you're guarded with them, you're hurting the people that care about you the most and the people that you care about the most. Or you're never, they never fully get to know you. And when I started opening up to people and sharing and revealing things about me that no one knew, it was the most unbelievable experience because it's like I built this incredible bond with my family when I started opening up about things. And then they started to open up back to me or I learned stuff about them I had no clue about. And I was like, what? You went through this? Wow. I was like, I've known you for 30-something years and I didn't know this. And so it's like I built more trust, a deeper love and appreciation, more compassion, um, more understanding. And a more vulnerable, intimate relationship with my family, with my friends, with my audience. As I started to reveal myself and op open up more and more, I was like, wow, like, look at the opportunities that are coming my way because people trust me more now. Mm. I'm more credible. I'm more likable. I'm, you know, people understand me. They don't just put me in this box. It's just like big jock who has no challenges because I looked like I was perfect all the time. Now they see like all that I struggle with. And, they can relate to me as opposed to be unrelatable. So it's just like 
so much opened up in this process for me. Must have been hard though. You must have had a lot it's of terrifying, man. Fears terrifying. Of like I didn't want anyone to know about being sexually abused or all these other things. I was so embarrassed, shameful, guilty. I was like, no one's gonna love me anymore if they mm -hmm. know these things about me. And that was my biggest fear, like having no friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I started to open up about it, it was just like the amount of love that I did gain was like incredible. You know, just the amount of like compassion that I had from people was like unbelievable. And so it just opened my heart even more to be like, okay, I can share when I'm vulnerable. I can talk about this in a way that, that makes sense and I'm going to be okay. And you went above and beyond. It wasn't just your closest friends, but oh, man, I was, yeah. you went, I went there w worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I talked about it on my podcast, which was terrifying. I waited like six months to open up about it. But I tell you what, when I, cause everyone was like, you need to share this with your audience. And I was like, F no, you know, I was like, no way I'm going to do this. But then eventually I was like, okay, I'll only do it if it's like, I can do it in the right way where people don't feel offended or whatever. I was just like, I don't want to do it. if It's going to hurt people or they think it's going to be some marketing thing or whatever. I was like, I'd rather people not know then. And, um, I ended up doing it and it was the most meaningful thing I've ever done probably in my life because mm -hmm. of the hundreds of emails I got from men opening up for the first time about their experience who are like writing these essays saying I've been married for 30 years. My wife doesn't know what happened to me as a kid. Mm. You know, the, the horror stories, like it made my story look like, you know, PG compared to like what they were going through. Crazy. It was just insane. Like the, the men telling me this, they would like in detail describe being raped by, you know, family members over and over or this, like one guy, it was just like, it was like, you can't even write this stuff in a movie. One guy was talking about how he was, kidnapped literally chained up in the basement of a guy's place and just raped over and over and I was just like this stuff is mind blowing what people have been through and then the more I started to research this after I opened up about it one in six boys one in six men have been sexually abused but that's just like in America in the world in the world and that's just the people that have come out about it we think it's much more oh, for sure so and there's no place for men to there's no men's groups to open up about these things mm. like there is for women. So men don't feel comfortable talking about these things. They don't feel comfortable talking about their insecurities, their sexual abuse, the addictions as much. Like it's a shameful thing for men. Obviously, it's very shameful for women to feel it too. Yeah. But there's more call centers and groups like all over the world for that for them. Men don't feel like they even have... They don't have a place to talk to. You can't tell your parents. You can't tell your friends. Like, it's, you can't yeah, tell anyone. There's no way, yeah. So you hold on to this, like, darkness within you. Yeah. And you put on a mask to protect yourself so it doesn't happen again. Whether it was sexual abuse or bullying or someone making fun of you or not getting, you know, the, a girl dumping you. Like, we all have a different darkness inside of us. Yeah. Or our parents leaving us, whatever. And so we put on a mask based on that darkness to protect ourselves. And that's... And it becomes comfortable. You know, it's comfortable wearing the mask. Yeah. Because yeah. people can't hurt you. Because you don't know what it's like to open up, right? You've never yeah. been on the other side yet. And think about those guys that emailed you. That's probably like the first time ever opening First time up ever. It was crazy, man. It was super healing for them. They were like, thank you so much for giving me permission to open up. Like, because no one else was doing it. Mm. No one, I don't know a lot of men who are opening up about this. Still, since I've done it, I was like, all these people are going to open up. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. Like... It's almost easier when you don't, 
you're when you're opening up to people that you may not know or that's someone that you let's say idolize but you know you don't have that personal relationship but like whenever i travel or you would stay at hostels or someone's apartment or airbnb and you go out with them some there's like a saying where you feel closer in the first five minutes of meeting someone when you're traveling and you don't mm-hmm. know anyone you're kind of forced to like yeah. connect then sometimes in like five months or five your years friends. of your friendship yeah. there's yeah. things that you reveal because there's this on uh, you know there's animosity i guess of just being able to know that you're never going to see this person yeah yeah so you know for the people that are actually looking to open up looking to get their vulnerability shared to the world or to the people that they really care about what are some of the steps that they can do so that maybe it's easier for them in the beginning or should they just go at it i would say if you feel very scared i would say write a letter to yourself that no one has to look at and journal it like just start writing it down so you can process it. Mm. Because if you just don't tell anyone and you don't write it down or you don't get it out in some way, it's going to be festering inside of you for a long time. And resentment is going to continue to build, frustration, anger, pain is going to continue to build. So I'd say journal, write down whatever, your feelings about it, write down your experiences you've been through, write down the pain it's caused you, write down your 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 wishes for letting it go, like just write it down. Mm. And you can throw it up and burn it if you want to or throw it away. Like no one has to read this. I think it's very healing to write things down and get things out there. When we are able to share our experiences without feeling embarrassed or shameful about them, then those experiences no longer own us. It's when we are feeling shameful, like I could never tell this person this. Then that experience owns you. Mm. And you're you're giving it control over your energy, your mind, your body, everything. If you're so embarrassed by something, that means you're not comfortable with who you are. You're not comfortable. I'm not saying it's acceptable what's happened. I'm not saying you have to like what happened. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying if you're not able to process it, eventually, and this took me 25 years to start healing, so I'm not saying you're wrong if it takes you a long time. I'm just saying it owned me for 25 years. Mm. It it was the, the root of me being reactive and defensive and guarded and mad and angry and getting in fights was because this thing was festering inside me. And when I felt defensive, I would want to fight someone hmm. and be like, you're never going to hurt me. I'm going to hurt you first. Yeah. And you're huge. So, right. That's, and I train hard because yeah, I'm like, I'm going to get fun. bigger and faster and stronger. So no yeah. man or woman could ever hurt me. Mm-hmm. Right. That was like the mindset. Like, yeah, I'm become so powerful. I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to do so much of this. I'm going to get so much of this and just show and prove to people my worth. Mm. This is like the mindset, Mm. right, of of most men. It's like I need to continue to conquer this or conquer that. And do you think it's helpful for some people to have some sort of mask of masculinity to help them in certain situations? I think masks definitely help us get to a place Mm. of where we want to be because some of these masks drove me to to achieve, right? Mm. But if I'm not, so I think it's a matter of understanding when to wear the mask, when to take it off, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying these masks are bad. What I'm saying is if we live and die by them and we never are opening up to reveal ourselves or to have honest conversations or be vulnerable in any way, then we're missing out on a major moments in life. Yeah. I mean, you talked about what you're talking about, enrolling people rather than yeah. other people enrolling you. Yeah. And this is really about being able to take control over your own past or your own experiences yeah. rather than your experiences taking past of you. Yeah. So it totally makes sense that the exactly. journey you've been through. Yeah. Interesting. 
Um, yeah, we, we also had uh, Tom Bilyeu on who we talked about the power of ego and why, mm-hmm. you know, the ego is the enemy and all that. But you can certainly use your ego, as you said, similar to how you can Absolutely. use your mask Absolutely. to get to where you are. But you're saying just recognize that. First step is being aware. Mm. First step is being aware. Okay, I wear this mask. Why do I wear this mask? How does this mask support me? How does it hurt me? How does it support me in my vision for my life? How does it hurt my relationships? Hmm. When should I take off the mask? Maybe if I'm, you know, driven to get a sale and like build my business, I need to be more aggressive, right? And I can't be passive because I'm not going to get results. So I'm going to wear the mask, but I'm also going to be aware of it and also come from a place of loving and win-win and support. And all, yeah, yeah, and all these other things. Not like it's me versus the world, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, no, we're all in this together. Absolutely. Um, it's always being aware. So I know when I have my mask on, I know when I'm, you know, it's not like I'm a perfect human being, even after writing the book, it's like, I'm just more reflective. I'm like, Oh, I'm being a jerk right now. Like I'm being defensive. I'm being guarded. Like, okay, let me apologize and own this moment and let me move forward. Mm. Let me take it off and, you know, reveal myself as opposed to continually defending myself and let me make it right and make a commitment moving forward of how I'm going to act. You know what I mean? so I think it's just about being able to process these things better and communicate better mm. with the people in our lives. You know, life is a team sport. We can't do anything great on our own. So there's going to be arguments and conflicts and opinions and beliefs that are different for everyone. And it's important to constantly be aware of what other people are wearing, what their masks are, how you can connect, how you can disarm those masks without making people wrong. And that's what we're talking about in the book as well. Because I think in terms of female and male relationships, intimate relationships. I feel like a lot of men, from what I've heard in my research, they feel wrong by the woman in their life that they're intimate with. They feel like they're making them wrong for who they are. And then by doing that, the men put the mask on even more. So they want to feel secure. They yeah, they want to protect themselves. Mm. They want to protect themselves. So if you're a woman listening and you're in an intimate relationship with a man, be aware that when you make the person wrong for who they are constantly, I'm not saying they're, you know, maybe they're not doing certain things that they agreed to or whatever. Like I'm just saying even when you constantly come at them with an approach that makes them feel defensive, they're probably not going to disarm the mask and reveal themselves to you. They're probably going to be stoic, hold back emotions, or they're going to be aggressive. They're not going to truly share from a loving way. So if you want to have a more intimate, vulnerable, deeper relationship with the man in your life, you need to learn how to disarm the mask without making the men wrong by lifting them up for the things they do right. Mm. And I think that's... Is there an example? I, I know you also yeah. either used to, you have a relationship coach and that's something that's yeah. really important in your life. What are some of the things you've learned through that experience? Yeah, I mean, we give examples for each mask for women. Like when you, def- when you can clearly see like, oh, he lives with the sexual mask. He lives with the aggression mask. He lives with the alpha mask. And we all have different masks. But if it's like, okay, here's a distinction of the mask that the man in my life is wearing then we give exercises at the end of each but a lot of it starts with first coming from a place of acknowledging men want to feel acknowledged so do women right we all want to feel acknowledged but as opposed to saying you know you should have taken out the trash why didn't you take out the trash when i told you to i told you to go to do it and you're watching tv still and just making them wrong over and over and getting upset there's an approach you could take where you can acknowledge the man for like the things they have done good this week or that day that you appreciate. Hmm. 
And I think it's just like a simple little acknowledgement of like, you know, I really acknowledge you. You're so amazing. You're so like loving with our children. You're so like good to me in these areas. And I really appreciate and acknowledge you for that. Starting with acknowledgement, even when you don't want to, is going to make the man feel like, wow, she gets me. She sees the good that I'm doing. She sees how hard I am working with all that's going on in my life. Now, I'm not saying, you know, maybe he is messing up in a lot of ways, but trying to find ways to acknowledge is going to, I think, believe, soften that experience where the man's not going to be as defensive or hurt when you just go right into attack mode. Um, Much easier said than done when you're feeling stressed and this and this and you don't feel like he's there for you, like, I get it. But I think um, it's going to take it's going to take both parties to really rise above their egos and their frustrations in order to create a lasting relationship. Mm-hmm. Something I'm still trying to figure out myself with divorce rates higher than ever, um, you know, and people getting divorced within like two, three years after marriage, you know, 50 percent of people, whatever it's like, yeah, you want to make it work as well. Yeah. You know, how do, how do we make it work? How do we make it, you know, as people rising above their egos? What's great about this, though, is. I think in most cases right now, because men don't really go out of their way and research about their vulnerability or masculinity. I don't think women do either for their husbands or their boyfriends. And I think most people are just like, they're not even aware that they're having these masks, right? This is such a normal process. And even if they do recognize it, they don't know what exactly, where it fits, because there's multiple masks, as you mentioned. And there's a Mm -hmm. framework for this, which is really interesting. And like you mentioned, it's not really necessarily for just the men or the women to recognize it for themselves. But it's similar to social skills. It's similar to selling or marketing. It's not only, it's being able to recognize it so that you can either help people or let people be able to, you know, reveal themselves and really be able to escape it. Yeah. So even if you aren't having problems with vulnerability, this is a tool, this is a skill that can really take you far in any aspect in your life. Yeah. And it's super interesting. The one mass that I was really curious to know a little bit more about. I think the other ones like athletic, all that Mm -hmm. stuff really makes more sense. Stoic mask was something that was really interesting for me because some people say that having a stoic mask can be good. Sometimes you don't really know if somebody is having a stoic mask. So, I mean, what exactly is a stoic mask? The stoic is the person who just doesn't show emotion, you know, just is like neutral face, isn't willing to open up, doesn't show the emotions, who just kind of like something may happen and it's like they're just stoic you know yeah. stone cold um sometimes i think i have that as well so yeah. I'm curious yeah i think it's um listen we all process emotions differently and some of us are more outgoing and extroverted and introverted so i'm not trying to make people wrong for who they are or bad or something like that but when we don't process our emotions it continues to build in our tightness of our body mm. i fully fully believe that the emotions how, support the way we think or hurt the way you think and then affect our body. And so if we're stoic and we don't express how we're feeling, that means those feelings are within us and we're getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and clinching and clinching. And it's yeah, like, yeah. we're just stoic walking around like this. It's like, we're going to cause so much more pain in our bodies and our hearts and our minds. Um, we're just, you're not in the flow when you're stoic. Hmm. You can't be in the flow. And if you're not in the flow, you can't create the highest level of results. Flow is when the most creativity, the most magic, you're most athletic, you're, you're doing the mo- you're on stage and you're in the zone. That's when you're able to create 
your, your best potential, mm-hmm. right? So if you're stiff and stoic, it's hard to get results. Maybe you look as like that firm, steady rock that the, the woman or the people in your life can like lean on. Yeah, because you have no emotions just sitting there. Like when everyone's bringing stuff your way, you're just like, you have no emotion, good or bad. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's not the way to live. What that's if not you, a rich life. Because what if you need the support, right? You're always getting exactly. other people exactly. you know, as a support. But what if you're feeling down or what it's if like you're the, feeling The stoic man like, someone that's going to like bomb a, a, you know, a building. You know, that's like, it's like someone who's just like building up and finally they explode. There's a moment of explosion within themselves in an experience in a relationship or they do something bad, right? It's like someone who's just been like stoic their whole life. And then there's like, it's all building up. When are they going to erupt? When's the volcano going to wake up? And if they're not just processing emotions throughout the day, throughout the night, you know, constantly letting emotions go, come and go. Mm then it's going to build and something's going to happen. They're going to create cancer in their body. They're going to explode on someone else. They're going to do something that's going to be hurtful, whatever. Um, so the body's got to naturally process emotions, I think. Yeah, what's what's interesting, and I, I think I when we spoke before, I was, I was wondering whether you think this is something that could be globally and how it differs from you know places in Asia or places in Europe. Yeah. Because coming from South Korea where it's very stoic, are, right? It's very stoic, but also it's there's an interesting culture shift where women are much more attracted to men that are sensitive. They mm. they don't like men that are masculine. In fact, when the when the guys are way too masculine, it's such a turnoff for them. And mm. it's so different from where we live here in you know Los Angeles or anywhere yeah. in the U.S. where we want masculine women want more masculine men, mm-hmm. alpha players. So it's such a shift in that aspect. So. How do you think the books and the concept can apply for people that are in Europe or people that are in Asia? Yeah. For sure, you're going to have people that are listening there. Of course. I think um, different men wear different masks all over the world yeah. based on how we were raised, our culture, what's accepted, what's not accepted. Um, these are the general masks that all men wear all over the world. Yeah. Now, it's different cultures may wear different types of masks more than in the U.S. or whatever. And I think based on what you want as a man, there's something for you. And based on who you are as a woman, there's something you can learn about the men in your life. Yeah. Based on what you want to get out of life. This is like a, you know, your own plays, your own will and your own choose your like game. You know, it's like figure out the man you want and what's the mask he's wearing. Mm. Is he wearing the athlete mask, the alpha mask? Is he a know-it-all? Is he a joker? Does he constantly use humor in every moment and he's never able to like open up in a, in like a non-humor way. Mm. Because he needs the humor to like be accepted and be funny, is he lead with all of his degrees and his intelligence to to, to develop his worth? And does he always have some smart answer to like show to prove to you? And he's always right. Like that's exhausting. Yeah. Is he a risk taker? Does he constantly go skydiving and, and adventure the world and do these crazy bungee jumping and risk his life to prove his manhood? But then one day he's not going to be here because he kills himself. Mm. Like, what's the mass the man you're living with or in a relationship with brother, father, husband? What's the mass that he's wearing? And how can you get him to be aware of it so you can have a deeper relationship? That's what it's all about. Mm. How can we have a better inner world as men? And how can women understand the inner world and inner workings of men so they can have a more meaningful, rich experience with them? 
So the first step is to be aware by using some of the frameworks you've already laid be out. Be aware of the mask that you're wearing yeah. and why you wear it. Start mm-hmm. evaluating what are the experiences of my life that have made me want to put this on to, to protect myself and defend mm-hmm. myself. Being aware. And then figuring out how has this served me and how has this hurt me? How has this supported me? And what are the prices I've paid from wearing this mask in situations? Mm-hmm. Maybe in some ways it made me a great athlete. But in other ways, I hurt all my relationships in the process. And I was very unfulfilled inside. Okay, well, pros and cons. Yeah. How could I achieve those, those uh, sports goals and also have incredibly rich relationships at the same time and feel fulfilled inside? I could have taken off the mask at these times. Okay, now I'm aware. Now what are my action steps moving forward? How can I be aware of this moving forward? What can I do to, to take it off quicker? You know, how can I communicate these experiences and my emotions with people in a different way? Right. It's all about that understanding. I mean, it's no different than business. It's no different than any of these things. You recognize no. it, you gather data, and then you experiment. Create a game plan and take right. action. Right. Yeah, but yeah. Not, not people aren't doing that, right? They don't even yeah. recognize it, you're saying. Yeah. What are some of the things that you struggle with right now other than athletic mask or anything like that? I mean, you know, I still defend myself a lot, which I'm aware of. I think, like, I can be aggressive if the aggression mask, if I feel like I'm being attacked still, I still take it personally for some reason. Mm. And I've gotten better to like care less and less, but it's like certain people when I feel attacked by. It's like I want to defend myself. You well, know? There are like, certain people that believe It's like people you. closest to me, oh. right? It's like if people close to me that I feel like I'm giving to or I feel like I'm already giving a lot to, and I'm like, why are you attacking me? Mm. You know what I mean? Or I feel attacked. Right. It's all my perception, right? right? It's all like my insecurities or whatever, and I'm like, and then I'll get aggressive with those people and be upset as opposed to just let it go in and out and just like, be like, okay, this is their thing. This is their issue or their perception. Let me have a calm conversation as opposed to an aggressive one. And where the aggressive one can like blow up into like hours and hours where it's like, why did I just waste my energy? Like the price I'm paying for wearing this aggression mask is losing half my day, feeling exhausted, feeling um you know shameful of myself or getting aggressive in the by doing it you know like all these things as opposed to if i would have taken the mask off i could have had a five minute clearing conversation with the person who felt that way let it go as opposed to holding on to it and then been attacking my vision it's like i'm paying so many prices when i wear a mask what do you think the aggression mask comes from though is it from being bullied when you were young i just yeah i mean all of it, man. It's just like all the trauma, all the insecurities, all of it. So it's like I'm a work in progress for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm going to be struggling through stuff. And every level of – every next level I reach in my career or personally or whatever, <clears throat> it's going to be more challenges, gonna you know. More it's going to be bigger challenges. To you. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. different stuff. It's going to be more, you know, President Obama when he was president, did like all of his worries go away? No. He yeah. had – 50% of the country hating him and, like, wanting to kill him, right? So I think it's understanding this. Like, I'm not going to be able to please everyone. Yeah. And I got to stay true to who I am by doing my best to lift up humanity. And people are going to be on, on board and other people are going to be offended because of their own issues with it. Yeah. By the way I look, by the way I talk, what I say, like, whatever. It's, I'm not going to be able to be right, you know, in a lot of ways. So and, it's understanding yeah. that and be, like, okay with it. As opposed to being like, no, I need to prove myself to each person. Like, oh, I need to make sure they feel okay. Like, 
I need to just let it go. And you've held on to this for about 25 years, you said? 25 years, so I started opening up and, like, yeah. letting go of things. And so I've progressed a ton, and writing this book has helped me, like, be so much aware, aware of it. But the people closest to us are the ones we have the biggest triggers. Right. So it's like... Right. <laughs> but what, you, what you're trying to do with this book is to help people understand that, you know, you've been holding on to this for 25 years. Mm-hmm. So if someone has been holding on to at least five or ten years, if they can start now... yeah. By the time changer. they can get to five or ten years, it's going to be a work in progress. Yeah. But they don't have to live with this for the rest of their life. It, man. And you can start communicating good. your emotions, your insecurities, fears. And maybe you don't have to talk to anyone, but you're just journaling. You find a way to journal. You find a way. You find a friend that you can actually share anything with. Mm. And um, that's what it's about. But it's about being able to take your experiences in your life and not let them own you, but you own them. Mm. Because if they still own you where you're fearful and shameful and resentful and you haven't forgiven people in your life, then you're never going to be able to achieve your or reach your greatest potential. If you're holding on to those past hurts and pains, it's going to hold you back. you got to let it go. you got to forgive and move forward, period. Yourself is the one you got to forgive the most. And how do you think women can use this? For me, it's, it's being able to... I, I, I truly believe women are going to read this and they're going to say, oh, that's why my that's dad was why. this way his whole mm. life. Oh, that's why my brother's been a jerk for like my whole life. Oh, this is why my husband like <clears throat> hates it when I do this. Like I'm starting to understand a little more. That's interesting. Not saying yeah, like yeah. he's justified for it or it's right or it's okay. But, oh, wow, I can have a little bit of compassion and I get it a little bit whereas for years i just thought he was crazy or i just thought this is who he is and nothing's going to change but now i can understand it maybe i can have a conversation from a loving place with him have him open up and express to me what's really on his mind what's hurting him what's frustrating him what he hasn't let go of who he's uh hasn't forgiven still again the men who were emailing me after opening up about being sexually abused they were like i've never told my wife these things and I feel like it's always been a challenge because I don't know how to communicate to mm. her. Because I don't feel like they have permission to talk. Because there's no groups. There's no, like, class in school that says, okay, when you're feeling this way, here's what you're supposed to do. Like, we're not taught We've this never stuff. never been taught this. And men feel like they have to have be under control, be the foundation, be the strength, be the stoic men that can take on anyone's pain. But what about our pain? Mm. And if we're not processing it, we're hurting ourselves more and more. We're hurting the people in our lives around us. So it's figuring out a way we feel comfortable to process things. I mean, freaking cry once in a blue moon. You know what I mean? Whether it's like alone in your bed with a pillow in your face, if that's the way you want to do it, like do it that way. Just let it out. I'm not saying you have to cry, but if you feel like moved to cry, cry. Like feel moved to, you know, have any emotion, feel it. Mm. Let it come and go. If you don't feel it, it's going to build and fester. And it's going to cause the diseases that are ha- men have. It's going to cause, you know, more men commit suicide than women because they feel like they have too much pressure. Yeah. And they don't know how to, like, process it. So they just, like, I'm not going to win in this world. Let me just end it. So that's why more and more men are committing suicide over women. Um, I just feel like there's no answers sometimes. And that's a dark place when a man feels like there's no solution or that no one's going to understand them. It's like, why even be here? Because the expectation is that the men pressure. are supposed to take care of them, others. The pressure, and to hold it. everything, yeah. My uncle shot himself in the head, committed suicide when I was six or seven. 
he was uh you know owner of a big uh accounting company uh in ohio you know super successful made a ton of money but the pressure of running this business and being accountable to everyone the pressure to the young kids that he had he had three young kids um the pressure of the home life the pressure of everything couldn't take it anymore shotgun to the head couldn't take it didn't know what to do didn't know the answers probably didn't have the, uh, the ability to process these things and i think that's <clears throat> scary you know look at the guy from lincoln park mm. the lead singer of lincoln park like mm-hmm. a, a month ago committed suicide mm-hmm. five beautiful kids married top of his you know game in the music industry probably one of the most popular bands of the decade right lincoln park the lead singer looks like a guy who had it all but something in his inner world was still missing. It wasn't fulfilled. Maybe he still wasn't processing th- certain things. Who knows? But if we aren't able to process these things, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. That's what I know. Yeah. And I mean, just going back to the women's side, it's what's interesting about this is you're allowing by being able to take these tools is you're, you're able to allow these women to be able to understand their past, whether it's daddy issues, mm-hmm. parents issues, any kind of issues, brother Absolutely. issues, anything like that. But also take control of their future, yep. of the husbands they have, mm-hmm. boyfriends they have. So this is super, super powerful. Yeah. So I would highly recommend everybody to check out this book, The Mask of Masculinity. Um, so what we usually do at the end of the podcast is we set up a small challenge. The people that are listening right now, whether they're walking, whether they're at the gym, to be able to pause the episode or finish the episode and then, boom, immediately go and take that action. I think you revealed some of those things mm-hmm. that you mentioned, but mm-hmm. maybe it could be the same. Maybe it could be a little bit different. What's that yeah. one small thing that men or women can do right now so that they can let go of some of the masks they have and lead, mm-hmm. live a more vulnerable life? I think women right now, something you could do is you could call the man in your life or you could write them a, a text or an email or a note and acknowledge them for three things they do well. I love the way you look at me in the morning and I appreciate it. I acknowledge you for how hard you work at, at your, your job or in your business. And I acknowledge you for like how you take care of your body and your health and how, your commitment to that. Mm-hmm. Finding three things to acknowledge the man in their life for, even if you're frustrated, hurt, or haven't forgiven them for something, find something to acknowledge them mm-hmm. for. Because it's going to disarm the man when they feel acknowledged. We're all striving for acknowledgement. Uh, for men, look within the greatest challenge you'll face is the challenge within yourself and understanding yourself and look, looking at all the things that you're insecure about, which are the hardest thing for men to do in general. So start letting go and forgiving yourself for the things that you've done in the past to people and forgive everyone in your life who's done something to you because holding on to that weight is hurting you and it's holding you back from greatness. Louis House, everyone. Thank you so much for being on, man. Appreciate it. This is really powerful. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the show. Hope you really enjoyed our guest today and that you took one thing valuable from our conversation. If you haven't already, I would love it if you could leave a quick rating or review on whichever network you're listening to the show and share this episode with one friend if you found it valuable. And if it's something that a friend, a family member, or just someone that you care about could find a little bit of insight from what you learned today. All right. Ciao.